Hi, welcome, Crystal here, a question of finance. I'm thrilled, today I'm bringing you the first guest of my series, Inspirational Women. So I've identified eight wonderful women around me who are doing great things in the space of business and finance. Now this starts on, or started on the 26th of November. Uh, The first guest is Remy Ray. So she is the first person to feature on my IGTV channel um, as a live and I'm sharing it across all platforms podcast YouTube and on my IG of course so I'm, I'm thrilled she is a successful businesswoman she's been in the game from I think she said she was 15 years old uh, she's had many businesses she is a go-getter she doesn't give up she keeps going she pushes through and I'm using this platform to share some of her amazing gems, um, which I got, you'll see, I got really excited talking to her. Um, But let me not delay, let me share the conversation with you and I hope you enjoy. Hello, good evening. Let me pop in. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome. I'll wait for some people to jump on. I'm very excited today. Hi, hi. Hi, everyone's here. Hey, hey. So I'm doing something very special with my phone at the moment. Let's just pretend that, oh my gosh, I'm gonna make it work. All right, so today, the first, the first episode of Inspirational Women. I am thrilled. I'm so excited. Um, we have Remy Ray today. Um, I've got my questions lined up. We're going to get some amazing information from her, learning about her journey, what she does, why she does it. Um, yeah, let me not waste any time. Let me bring her on. I've requested. Join me. Join me. Come. Hello, hello, good evening. Good to see you. And you, how are you? I'm very well, very well. You? Um, Yes, I'm good. I've had a busy day. (laughs) Trying to stay on top of it. You know when you have a to-do list that just doesn't seem to go down? (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) So what's happening with you? What are you involved in at the moment? Or actually, no, let me do this in order. Please introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm Remy Ray. Um, I've pivoted into coaching now. So I am a serial entrepreneur, but right now you'll find me coaching um, new coaches, consultants that are wanting to offer service-based um, online coaching programs and things of that nature. But my background is entrepreneurship. Yes, and we want to get into that, of course. I want to hear all about your journey. Um, okay, so you kind of fallen into coaching you're saying I haven't fallen into it I think I've always coached I've just coached for free (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that anymore so now I'm like taking it very seriously I've had clients you know since I started my journey in entrepreneurship but now I'm saying you know I want to work with a very specific person who wants to deliver a very specific thing um because I think a lot of us are out of pocket by doing free work in this capacity and that needs to change yeah Totally. It makes sense. And you have to formalize it. And same here. Like I'm coaching right now with, you know, financial coaching, um, studying for my certificates and all that. To make well done. Well done. Well done. And that's, that's expensive in itself. Yeah, it is. 
and like like you, I've been doing it for years for free. But yeah, I want to formalize it now because it takes up my time, but I still want to do it. So yeah, yeah, we need to be compensated for our time. I think um, as black women, sometimes we like to play with the ting, and that that needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. So. Um, so right now, are you focused mainly on the coaching or are you still kind of involved in business? Or is that yeah, I'm, still, I'm always going to be involved in business. Um, so right now I'm launching a organization called Booked and Busy. It's basically a co-working concept for beauty entrepreneurs. Um, so, you would, uh, so you would be a salon owner, say, for instance, and I'm a stylist, a stylist that wants to be mobile. I would book yeah. a seat within your location or if you had another location, I would book like a short let within your location, um, just like Airbnb, but for beauty, if you want. So beauty hair as well, or just beauty? No, beauty, wellness. If you've got a space and you're up for letting it in like an Airbnb capacity, right. then you could book it online. So that's what I'm working on at the moment. I was supposed to launch it actually in February, but COVID hit. Every, it just you know so i'm slowly getting back into it but that's booked and busy and hopefully 2021 i mean all the salons are shut and obviously yeah. it's a it's a big problem we we never would have foreseen this happening so it's taken a really big hit the concept and, and is that how are you delivering that is that via an app or is that like a i can't afford an app at the moment so i'm just gonna um literally i've been bootstrapping it so i've just building the website out speaking to salons and stuff like that it's actually a tough space because a lot of the salons that you would assume would naturally um be interested in a concept like this because they have empty seats um they're quite resistant to like change um there's there's not that much innovation within the beauty space i'll say that it's like you know they take a long while to come round to new newness in that space i would say yeah so i guess that means it involves quite a lot of Legwork. Uh, conversations, building up that. Look at your eyebrows. That means, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It does. I think um, also it's around education, isn't it? Like a lot of people have had, how, how many times have you been in a salon and they've got empty seats? Loads of times. Nobody's there. Nobody's using that space. So, you know, it's for, it, it makes sense for them to use the opportunity to earn, earn a new revenue stream but, and it costs them nothing to be on the platform. So, you know, it's just educating them around the reasons why this would make sense. It's, it's a great idea. I mean, I say this from experience. My mum's got a hair and beauty salon as well. So <laughs> I've, I've known about the team. <laughs> if she's online, I'm not sure if she is. She might be able to wave. Um, so, yeah, I've known about this since I was born. Like, I've known about this space completely. And I'm like, damn it, why didn't I think of this? Hold on. <laughs> like, I'm going to create comfortable business ideas and you've just killed it. It's a great idea. Yeah. So, yeah, so like I trademarked Booked and Busy um, back in February because I thought that <laughs> I would be ready to go. But yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's still it's still in motion. It's still going to happen. Yeah, it's still going to work. It's scalable yeah. as well, which is fantastic. But it's just going to be a lot of groundwork. Yeah. Do you want to do an app? It, I mean, it's natural progression. It would make sense. Um, but also... I don't think we have enough conversations around app. Like my partner's just built an app for um, something that he's working on. It's not chump change to build an app, especially if you're, um, you know, bootstrapping or nobody's funding you, right? We already know that black women are receiving minuscule yeah. amounts yeah. of funding. So 
it's getting in front of the right people. I've spoken to a few VCs, they can see the vision, um, but I need to gain traction first because I'm not really the type of person that wants to take money from somebody without having traction because I think that, that, you know, the negotiation is very different to when you're earning money than when you're, like, begging for money. Yeah, no, I get that. Just beat my laptop. <sighs> yeah, and I'll, I'll reach out to you separately because I'm also building an app. Um, oh. so- I will give you some kind of links there. Perfect, um, perfect. And same with the whole hair and beauty section. Who would have known? Like, what the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> amazing. Okay, so I kind of wanted to dive in. So part of this conversation will have a, a focus on money. Um, yeah. So I kind of want to talk about you in business and all the things that you've done and kind of, oh, yeah, and kind of all the things that you've done and going right back to how you got started. How do you mm-hmm. become this person who is so confident and comfortable when it comes to creating businesses, going out there, this is what I'm going to do, and you just do it. Like because I speak to lots of people who have ideas, and they just there's something missing. They, they, they no don't execution. Yeah, right. big problem. Big problem. I mean, I mean, and there's some people who have like, I'm, I'm let me not swear, but loads of ideas. It's extreme. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was, you know, so <laughs> any. And even if you have one like real baby, what? How comes or what is it about you and your upbringing or where did you get that from to just go? I, and- I think my partner would beg to differ. He'll be like, yeah, she comes up with ideas all the time. Um, I think it's innate. I think I really think it's a gift. I think it's something that's been bestowed upon me. I just have ideas for days. The only difference that separates me is the execution that I really am willing to take the risk where a lot of other entrepreneurs are like, Ugh, I'm not even sure if I can pay for a good logo. Like, that's not me. <laughs> I'm like, what do I need to do to get myself there? Yeah. Um, I think it's, it really is because I've got no inheritance to come. You know, I come from a single mum. We had very little Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't seen much change in terms of uh, like family wealth. Um, And I I think that I probably will be that change. I'm the first person in my immediate family to go to university. Um, And in my family, I'm a big deal. You know, when black people find themselves on the TV in a, in a black community, that's a big thing, you know? (laughs) Um, So I think I just, stopping isn't an option for me my why is my family changing the trajectory and the wealth structure of my family so if if it means that it falls on me and I've got to give it everything I've got I just for me that's enough it's it's just enough so did you have that same drive with your first business every business as I started in business my first business was around nine I was putting together um posters around the block to babysit children in the summer um after that my second job was uh on the market store in east street market with my god my godmother's sister um when she fell sick i went to the wholesalers instead and built my rapport with the um the wholesale and they started giving me clothing to sell and then i took it back to my local area which was the block and i would sell um clothing age 15 16 17 to like the local people in the area after that you know i had family friends or people that went to places like italy they would bring back designer clothes they would always give them to me to sell age i don't know 19 i'm ripping jeans for like semi-pro professional football players and bits of i've, I've always done something my first check for fashion was by liam perro who's killing it at the moment with black women rising Mm-hmm. She paid me my first official check for entrepreneurship fashion, teaching fashion brand creation to underprivileged children in South London. So 
like I'm really not new to this space. It's just that I haven't really found, I, I hadn't found my rhythm um, mm-hmm. yet, but I feel, I feel like I've found it now. You found it. And who taught you this, these skills? A, a mix, right, between having nothing and then my, so I spent half of my life with my mum and mm-hmm. half of my like childhood with my godmother. My godmother was a businesswoman. Uh-huh. and um, she would take me to work she would sit me in the tables and let me count money and I was always around um either merchandise product or money so I none of these things ever phased me I've never been you know like some girls they meet a guy and he's got money and stuff like that they get really <laughs> yeah so I've, I've always been around money so money's never really phased me I'm not afraid to spend it I'm not afraid to um use it to like leverage it and stuff like that i've always been kind of ready to to go whatever it takes and it's funny i think you made a good point there and we speak about it a lot when it you know you were around money business and finance from very early so you know it's it's the whole being familiar when you're familiar with something it's, it's nothing to you it's normal but like you said if you you know go through life without or with lack or you're not familiar with having amounts you know significant amounts of money in your bank account you get to later in life whether it is to do with a partner who you know yeah. can get uncomfortable in difficult situations with or just life you're not used to having money so you're not going to try and get money because you're uncomfortable with having money yeah. so it creates that kind of barrier um yeah. so just going back a step you know giving children that knowledge that exposure is so important yeah i've been working on my values actually over the last couple of weeks and um I really believe that entrepreneurship is really the true freedom for minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of like it, like that's, that's, that sweat that comes from me. If you walked around me, that's what the scent that you would get because I really believe that. And I think that it's all well and good saying, you know, get a job and do things in the right way kind of thing. But the reality is, is that there isn't even enough space for us that are educated yeah. or us that, you know what I mean? So for me, entrepreneurship is really a lifesaver as well as a game changer for the right people. Yeah, no, you're right. And my, one of my business partners talks about being underemployed. It's a thing. Um, Prison, if you've gone to jail, the likeliness of somebody, hire, who's hiring you? Yeah. No one. It's entrepreneurship that's going to save your life, feed your families and help change your trajectory. It is. And I think, um, again, um, someone I know is writing a book on just this people like ourselves who come from you know a difficult childhood or certain circumstances you've got that fight you've got that drive to kind of push yeah. through and create yeah. business you're used to that grit that graft so you can come out and, and build something and it's not you know oh it's too much hard work I'm gonna you know take a I, I don't even think that we have the opportunity as black people to really I know it sounds like especially with self-care and it's like, you know, you have to, and I, I do believe that. I think that the generation after us will probably benefit better from, you know, the self-care um, understanding and implementation of it. But I yeah. don't think that we're there yet, our age range. I just don't think that we really have that true autonomy to operate in that capacity. And I'm not saying it can't happen, but I do think that that tiredness that we say that we experience that, oh I can't you, I'm not sure I, I just don't think we're there yet as black people to stop I think we have to start going with the, like the opportunities are clearly not the same it's apparent you know look at the data it, it tells you it's not the same so you say you're tired and another person your peer you know maybe your white peer or whatever saying they're tired it's not the same no no and and I think it, it kind of 
puts the responsibility on us and I'm happy to take ownership of it. I'm, I'm leading and showing other people what to do. And I hear this all the time, you know, when I'm doing stuff and I'm, I'm creating business or I'm, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm not giving up. I'm working four hours because I've got to get there. You hear yeah. other people like, wow, okay, it is possible. And that reminds me, don't stop. You have yeah. to keep moving. And it sets it. And, and we really, unless you've got um, somebody who's going to fund your later life, like Rick, do you see what I'm saying? Like, do you really have the opportunity to stop? Let's call a spade a spade. Like, if you did then stop, <laughs> is somebody going to come and help you? Like, if you stop now, your later life is going to be affected. We already know women are worse off in retirement yeah. than men, right? And in that same breath, what do you think is left for us as black women? <laughs> work. You gotta okay. beg your manager for training. I mean, sorry, I digress. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I wanted to cover some points before we don't get time to. So I want you to talk about the diverse creative. Yes, so the Diverse Creative CIC is a community interest company that I started in 2017. I had a lot of problems with um, the back-end paperwork. Setting up for sector stuff is just yeah. tedious in itself. Yeah. Um, but what the, um, the Diverse Creative CIC does is it screens... Um, you know anybody for traits of dyslexia mm -hmm. um and we also act as a bit of a support hub and um, we're super underfunded <laughs> but yeah we act as a support hub for other dyslexics just really looking for a lighthouse mm -hmm. um somewhere to connect to with other dyslexics i'm also dyslexic um top 50 um, most influential neurodivergent women in the UK um, as of 2019 and so people gravitate towards <laughs> thank you people <laughs> gravitate towards me because um, I'm, I'm, I'm resilient you know I, I show up whether it's good bad or ugly I have errors all day every day on my social you're just gonna have to come back when the correction is done um, but like I said I don't have the opportunity to stop because who's gonna help me later no, it's beautiful. And I think just hearing that is, I think, I hope everybody heard that as much as, yeah, you're coming up and you're making mistakes or whatever, you're human, you make mistakes, yeah. it's important that you keep going. You don't stop, you keep going. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No one's going to die. You made a mistake. <laughs> so, no one's going to die from my bad spelling on Instagram. That's for sure. I can't remember what it was. Was it American something? But did you die though? Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you died, I can't save you, so. <laughs> When, when did you set it up, the Diverse? Um, 2017, but I really started to pay more closer attention once the paperwork and everything was sorted out late last year, to be honest. So we've helped over, I think, a hundred and something people um, at this moment. Yeah. And also as well, like, the screenings are so cheap. Just, sorry, plug, but every <laughs> single person... <laughs> Every single person, adult and child, should get a screening. We charge just £20 for it, and it's quite in-depth. It will tell you where your weaknesses are. So whether you think you're dyslexic or not, I think everybody should have some form of a screening. Just as if you need to work on something, at least you can help yourself. But, but when you don't know, you just keep going, you know, and it, it gets worse. How, how is the screening done? It's literally done by your home. So you literally pay for it online and then I send over or my assistant sends over the um like the back end login and then you log in and take the screen and it's it's simple as pie, it can be done in an hour, literally in the comfort of your home. That sounds amazing and especially like in my space of finance and people struggling with certain things, it's like 
you may be dyslexic. There may be something that you haven't addressed or haven't, haven't been diagnosed. You don't know. Dyslexic, like, loads yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's amazing because once someone knows that, it might give them a bit more confidence. Actually, okay, I'm not just whatever. This is what's yeah. going on. And, you know, they can deal with that. So, yeah, most yeah. of my coaching clients have come to me because they're also dyslexic. Mm -hmm. One of them, you know, didn't know she was dyslexic. She took a screening. The screening also isn't an assessment. It just shows you if you have traits of dyslexia. Yeah. So for £20, instead of spending a couple of hundred pounds on an assessment, it's a no-brainer, yeah. And now she feels so liberated because she's like, I can see, this is what I've been talking about. Mm -hmm. So in that sense as well, it helps build confidence. It, it's, it's, and it's funny, so with my coaching the, the first part of what i do is working on the mind so it gets mm -hmm. people to look at themselves understand how they work how they function you know their emotions all that stuff and going back a step and okay this is why that's why it's not because you're really crap with money or whatever it is you've told yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. and exactly what you just said once you understand you you're empowered you yeah can then absolutely with, with confidence knowing who you are knowing what you're about and just get on with it and be absolutely be absolutely so, beautiful i didn't know it was 20 pounds that's great is it literally nothing? Nando's for one month. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then shit happens. Fun. What's happening with that? You've done it before. <laughs> again. So we're about to go into our third cohort, actually. So the shit happens fund was really me helping myself on my own financial journey. I found myself in eight and a half k worth of debt. Mm -hmm. I went for my first mortgage, I think, in two thousand and sixteen, and it was yeah. declined, and I didn't know mm -hmm. why. Um, I've gone to the bank. I had my little ten percent, you know, ready to buy a property yeah. outside of London. Perfect little property as well. Nine hundred ninety-five years on the lease. I'm like, where did they do that at? Right. Um, no, go to the bank and I get declined. They tell me I need to bring twenty-five percent. Who has twenty-five percent? Not me. Um, and I hadn't called my credit report in a very long time. And I had this like old phone bill or whatever on there. And I just started looking at it and I was thinking, that's a lot of debt you're in. Like. And also they do take that into consideration when you go to mortgages. I think people don't speak about that enough. Um, and so I was like, eight and a half K, that's, a, that's nearly 10,000 pounds. And I can't even tell you where, where. So hold on, you had this outstanding on your credit and you didn't know how much debt you had. You weren't aware of it. No, no. So I had like a, a default payment with BT because yeah. I left my old property and they sent me over an old bill. I didn't owe it to them. They removed it. But once you've gone for a mortgage, it takes six weeks yeah, and it's, it's gone. But then when I pulled my credit file, I was looking, just looking through it. And I said, it's a lot of debt like that. I've got also outstanding, which was yeah. eight and a half K of consumer debt. And I was like, I don't like this. I, like it, it was just uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to start paying down this debt. So I actually did it on Instagram back then. So oh, I was showing really? people, yes, but there was no highlights then. I don't even <laughs> think there was live. Um, but some, some of my followers still follow me now to date because they watched me pay down this debt every month, you know, 100 here, 200, 300, yeah. 500 or whatever. And then when I finally finished, they, they couldn't believe it because they were like, you were serious, you really paid down this debt. And I thought, wow like if i can do it i'm sure there's other people out there that can do it oh, yeah. too yeah. um and when when i was paying down the debt what i should say is that i was just listening to a lot of like financial gurus the dave ramsey mm -hmm. susie ormans and people like speaking about money and having emergency funds and things of that nature yeah. and so i um you know once i paid off the debt i was like you know what? i'm gonna get an emergency fund so yeah. let me um, put this out on social media and see who wants to join me so they can hold me accountable. And yeah. so I think that first session, we had 13 women 
that said they were committed to joining me for 12 months to get in this um, shit happens emergency, emergency fund, but I call it the shit happens fund. Um, and literally we went all the way through. The, the person who saved the most in that year saved over £5,000 in that accountability space. It's amazing. And now we're on our third cohort. So I've, like, I've got two spots left for women to join us. I try to keep it really intimate because it's quite a private yeah, space. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we've got 13 women, I believe, at the moment that will be participating um, come 2021. Amazing. I see some comments in here. So I think someone said it was amazing what you did before when you cleared your day. It must be someone who was following you from way back then. <laughs> it was tough. Believe me, you. I love it. And it's, and it's so true. And I've got, got Tolly one here. She's just started coaching as well. And I think a large part of this money coaching um, is to do with accountability. It's yeah. somebody else with you on this road. Because for a lot of people, it's scary. It's new. You know, like we spoke about earlier, you know, having money. You know, if someone hasn't ever had a savings amount, a pot in their bank. Oh, some of these women have never saved. Right. They've never saved the day. They know why they need to save, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So it's like having someone else who's there doing it with them. It's like, okay, okay, so this is all right. All right, we're both doing it together. Okay, and then hold on a second, I've got five grand. Like, yes. how did that happen? Yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing what you're doing. You're changing lives. Like, Thank you. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> feel like that because also it's for myself. But yeah, it is, I guess. <laughs> But you've paired it up so beautifully because it's it's true. Like um, one of my businesses is working with social housing uh, landlords and, uh -huh. you know, looking at them and th their financial situation, not having an emergency fund is detrimental. You know, when things happen, you can't afford X, Y, Z and you could lose your home. Like it's it's pretty straightforward. So That's why I called it the shit happens fund because shit really does happen. It does. Out of your control. As much as you out need help. Okay, I'm just looking at my questions here. You're like more. working down all the things that I've done. I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so talking about money, um, obviously, Shit Happens Fund, you're in that space, you're helping people with it. Kind of, what do you think the main issues are? Like, what do you see as most common that people are struggling with? Because I think lack of clarity around what money is. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't understand that money's at all. Yeah. And um, so one of the things that I always talk about is like in my household growing up, money seemed to burn a hole in my mum's hand. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I would get around money, I would just spend it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not having it. Yeah. My partner now is who's made me more like conscious of not spending and things like that. Like since we've been together, I've spent less. Like I don't really spend <laughs> my best friend. I think she just joined in here. I, I message her and say, do you think I need this thing? Should I buy this? And she's like, treat yourself, treat yourself. But yeah, I don't really spend anymore because I also I don't have that attachment to things like I did when I was younger. You know, like that sh like shiny syndrome where you just need things and have to have things. I don't feel like that anymore. Yeah. And I, and I guess, you know, things like that are coming from, you know, what are you validating? Why do you think you need something shiny? What does it tell you? What do you think it tells you? What... How does it make you feel? And yeah. I, I guess the process that you've clearly gone through is detaching that, that actually me having this brand new, I don't know, bike, because a friend went through a moment with that recently, <laughs> um, something brand new doesn't mean anything for you. It doesn't define you. you yeah. Really, like, money is a tool. It's a resource. It's for you to get something else. Actually, money itself is not important. It's about what you need to do with that money. And I also didn't realise when I created the Shit Happens Fund how many people 
were really struggling in like silence about their debts. Yeah. And I think because I'm just, I'm naturally very transparent and I'm naturally quite honest. I didn't realize that me being so honest and transparent with showing it on Instagram. I mean, who, who who's out there showing their debts on Instagram? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, freed so many women. They, they messaged me and they were like, you know what? I've got 25K worth of debt and I've just been sitting on it you know, mm-hmm. thinking, how am I going to chip away at this thing? How And the fact that you, you did it and I saw you do it yeah. um, has given me a lot of hope. Like, why should we be sitting in debt? Yeah, no, serious. And I, and I think the last part of that as well is the overwhelm paralyzes you. So you've got this big debt and it's like, I don't know what to do. And then the world of finance is scary in itself. And I could talk for days about finance in the world, <laughs> market, but I won't do that here. Um so then people are paralyzed and, and at the same time as they're paralyzed, their debt's actually getting worse. So yeah. listen, and then, and the language is bad, right? The language isn't for me and you per se. I like most of it. Most people don't even know what their APRs are. They don't know the, the clauses in their contracts. They, they don't even know that the bank could say in 90, 60 to 90 days, we're coming back for all that money. It's and, and that's why like with what I try to do on my page is keep it as simple as possible. There's yeah. no need for me to make it complicated. There's no need because it, it, why? People are just gonna lose out. Make it simple mm-hmm. and then when you attach the word to it as in what they might read on the paper later, oh that's what that means. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. and it's it's just so simple. But when the, the, the jargon is just so complicated, it just creates more of a barrier for people to want to approach it and deal with it. Absolutely. Okay, so what about <laughs> I was going to touch on your mindset and I think, yeah. So focusing on your mindset when it comes to money and no, actually, no, oh, no, no. I want you to advise women, talk to women and tell them what they can do in terms of them getting into business. I just think you got to get in the game. That, that is my approach across the board. I think if you've, if you've discovered an opportunity digging deeper i'm not the type of person it may seem like i just come up with things but i am a researcher yeah. so i will I dig deeper yeah <laughs> I, I i am someone who like digs a little bit deeper i find out what's going on um you know i went to kenya not long ago immediately when i landed i could see opportunities all across the board but you got to be open you got to have your heart open as well i think a lot of people are just afraid all the time like they, they're just cotton wool cotton wool everything is like oh but what if what if you know what if it's about risk taking as well i also yeah definitely i think it's about risk i think it's about being open to Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of the time we're just so closed off from anything new um comfort zones are like diseases to black people i think we love to stay in our comfort zone and it's killing us Mm um yeah I, i honestly i say just try you know start with something small figure it out I didn't know that I would be having my third cohort of women I'm saving money. That's not my, like, I'm not a finance guru. I'm just a black woman that figured out something. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not, my my goal was to be a fashion designer. Yeah. So, thank you. The journey just takes you where it's supposed to take you. you Wherever it's supposed to take, but also I've been open I think that that's made a significant difference. Like I took myself to Vietnam before I said that I would offer sourcing trips to China because I had already been to Vietnam to go and look for the same things that you guys were trying to find or whatever it may be. I was going to Vietnam alone. It's my friend that said that she wants to come. Why I ended up with someone. I was going by myself. 
yeah. yeah. And I think Risk. what you said, you kind of touched on it earlier. I think a part of it is, you know, people are afraid. I think someone said fear of the unknown. You're afraid. It's, it's, it's a new, you have this great idea. It's, it's a new business idea. You've never done it before. You may not know anyone around you who's done it, or maybe you do, but it's still new to you. But I think, and you said, you said it, start small. You've got to do something, try and possibly fail, but get comfortable trying and get, get used to that space, get used to the unfamiliar space or become familiar then you can try again. And that's exactly what you've done. You've done it so many times. You've bootstrapped and created so many businesses. Now it's like, okay, I've got this idea. All right, let me give it a go. I think I, I should say though, disclaimer, like I'm not really that fearful around failing when it comes to entrepreneurship. My biggest cripples actually have been like maintaining corporate jobs and stuff like that because our community tells us to hold on to what society says is normal. So get a job, get a uh, what what is a um, mortgage called again i think it's called a, a, a death deed or something in the french language it, a death pledge or something like that like get a mortgage get a husband have kids yeah. like all of those things so in the back of my mind i am always thinking about you know my mum said get a job and keep it even if it's terrible for me even if i don't like the space even if the people are horrible I that's been my biggest cripple right <laughs> <laughs> that's been my biggest cripple trying to like i've always side hustled Mm. I've been side hustling. I and I, I didn't even need to side hustle all these years. I've yeah. just told myself that I needed to because our community tells you, you know, yeah. get a decent job and stay in it because people can't find jobs. Even in this climate, people are like, don't leave your job, you know, <laughs> even though we know plenty of millionaires and billionaires are made at this time. It's true. And, and my story is the same. Like, I remember when I quit my job, my full time job, you know, worked in the space of finance. So obviously it paid very well. Yes. I remember mum being like, what are you doing? Sorry, my charger. It's all right. Hopefully mine's all right. Yeah, I remember her having a fit. Like, why are you quitting your job? Why What's wrong you with you? What's yeah. wrong with you is usually what you get. <laughs> you've been in this space for like 10 years. You've, you've climbed, you've pro Like, why would you quit your job? Um, and it's funny because she's, self-employed she's an entrepreneur so mm -hmm. interesting but she still saw what I was doing is the dream you know someone said it here we're conditioned to be the worker to be a worker bees yeah she's still got in her mind that that's what you're supposed to do um, but that's also part of the problem a lot of us I was reading some um, information the other day a lot of business owners especially females aren't even clearing 100k like that's a problem that means mm -hmm. we're actually working harder not smarter and something needs to change yeah it is. It's, it's a big gap. And, and, and again, like the work you're doing in that space is amazing. Um, building communities, building spaces for women to gravitate towards you and learn from you and then share that knowledge amongst themselves, I think is important. Yeah. Um, so that, that's what needs to happen more. I think one, I think we undercharge ourselves anyway and people need to double or triple up their fees because mm -hmm. most of us are just going to end up broke entrepreneurs anyway. Yeah. But also it's about creating community. Um, the community for me is the biggest thing because even when I'm not in a space, most of the time I'm being advocated for because of the work that I've done, God knows when, you know, and that only happens in communities. Yeah, you're right. And and it's funny because I think, so obviously I only quit my job back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I've been, like I went traveling and stuff and I've now come back and I'm like, right, get serious. And I, like you're saying, community networking is just big. It, it, it does so much for you, it does so much for what you're trying to achieve who you're trying to help, you know, completely and sharing that knowledge and then, you know, sharing it to them or them sharing it with me. It, it's, it's the key, I think. 
Also, pay for access. I'm, I know I kind of answered your question, but only slightly. A lot of us are like sitting on money and we're not using it. Most of us would rather kill ourselves to sit on Canva for five hours to create a logo that's mediocre, <laughs> right? When you could have just paid that person, pay that man that money or that woman that money. Operating your genius, which is doing whatever it is that you're, you know, yeah. what's been assigned on your life. And delegate. I Why swear. are you sitting there killing yourself? <laughs> you've been in my, you've been on my phone, having crap in my phone. Because I've had these conversations, I think, twice in the last two days with two separate wow. people. One for myself, making a decision, okay, let me just pay them to get it done. Pay somebody them. Else, somebody else, you know, I think it was building their website. They would, no. Pay that, man, that money. Just pay. And you save your time. Your time is valuable. Use your time. That you know you can pay, 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 and pay. Because the reality is, is the reason why you need said. And to be honest, I cuss people out about logos and stuff all the time, but I only do it because they've never invested anything in themselves. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Logo is a, it's a minute thing. Today, yeah. if you wanted to start a business, today, if you wanted to decide that this is what you're doing, Today you go on Instagram, use the right hashtags, do enough videos, somebody's going to come. Like yeah. the logos and the websites are secondary. I even believe websites are out. Websites aren't even cool anymore. You need a sales page or a landing page. You know what, it's funny, yeah, because I, I don't know what I was watching, but someone was saying, you know, websites are must. And, and you know, people yeah. say, these big yeah. guys say, and I'm yeah. like, I've got one myself, but I'm like, but do I need it? Like, what? Dead. Dead. <laughs> Dead. I'm keeping mine. <laughs> no, I get a sales page. Like, I think that's, this is what I'm saying. I think that we, we make ourselves so rigid. So now every time you want to do something new, you've got to go into that website, mm -hmm. adjust it, do it here. Hope yeah. the person's able to find it. Forget that. Create a sales or a landing page. Either collect the emails for that specific offer or offer yeah. the sale directly yeah. from that page. Once yeah. you're done with that, get rid of it, move on to the next. It makes sense. It makes sense. And I, I think it makes sense completely for your business model and, and kind of the stuff. Yeah, it's, it's not for everyone. Some, obviously, websites, you don't get me wrong, I'm not saying never have a website, but I'm saying a lot of the time, these websites are just pictures of people's faces. You've got to think about what you're doing and what you're selling, like what your product is. You know, one of my businesses is an organisation I'm setting, which is, it needs a website help. Like, if it yeah. doesn't, then it's not going to work for corporates I'm working with. But, you know, if your model isn't that, then you're right. It's not necessary. What and even and even so, right, it's still dependent on the work that you're doing. So if you're working with corporates, yeah, corporates are just lames anyway. They they always want to see a website because exactly. that seems to validate you in some exactly. capacity. Right. But if, say, for instance, my clients now are... So I'm putting... I'm, at the moment, I'm working on a program called The Shift. The Shift doesn't yeah. need a website. The Shift needs a sales page or a landing page where I can capture emails because yeah, that's yeah. really the gold that's it yeah that's the gold so i can constantly communicate if instagram should shut me down with my little chicken yeah. change 5000 followers mm -hmm. i've got 100 leads or 200 leads that i can connect with specifically for my offer yeah that's not in a website that's on a, a converter kit important i was again i was having this conversation just a couple of days ago about instagram is not it instagram could disappear any minute now have the email address so you can contact that person directly it's key it's mm. keeping your product to them directly. They're the people that are interested in what you're selling. That's it. Yeah. That's who you need to talk to. Yeah. But so, so I'm just saying, like, all of these things, depending on the, the nature of your business, you know, are probably key. But in some respects, I'm saying, like, don't be so committed that you're not willing to change and work with the new ways of doing business. Like, 
websites are morphing they're morphing into sales pages and um landing pages because that's just where it's at (laughs) that is just where it's at talking to you is wonderful i think from what we've spoken about i think the main thing i'd take away or I'd, i'd love for people to take away is the whole fear part and just going through it go for it try it find a buddy find an accountability buddy if you're afraid to do it on your own but just try yeah you know, I, th- I think too <sighs> that's why you gotta go to therapy because <laughs> the sooner you go to therapy and get some of these problems out of the way <laughs> <laughs> honestly the sooner people go to therapy and deal with some of that underlying stuff the sooner you can show up and be your full self because a lot of us are trying to serve people from broken spaces anyway mm. and the best work happens you know when you're healed you know and so because what you're saying right is exactly what i went through so mm. i tried to do things i couldn't for things that i was like what is it what are these walls what what is going on here what 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 so i was like all right let me go therapy therapy for a year and a half and it was effective mm. 100%. i'm a completely different person wow. so, and and it's so especially in our community it's not a thing right it's mm. therapy no i don't need it no that person's fine he doesn't need it she does yeah you do don't get me started on the men in the community okay i know this is a remy oh. ray one but you know <laughs> like it's true because the more that we try to pour from this you know cup that's literally on empty we're just we're just spilling off into the communities that we're trying to help and it's it's not helpful no. it's not helpful so we need to be healed and come from good places in order to really be able to serve because for me that's what business is about it's to serve like okay i'm remy ray and these things are birthed through me not really but dropped into my lap and then i put them out into the ether but reality is is that i'm just a vessel Mm -hmm. so that's it so so my plan for this live right i didn't expect it to get all emotional Exactly don't cry on me girl i'm not gonna cry but i mean talking about men black men and therapy close to my heart like a hundred percent like it um yeah it's a big deal and i think you know there's been a you know there's all this stuff about men and mental health and it's so important especially with our society you know men aren't supposed to it, it's a big issue um and i can't remember what you just said at the end something else that was the last my vessel yeah so the vessel stuff and that <laughs> that again rings true when i early days of starting up and i was coming up with all these blockages and obstructions and it was making you know fear and all these insecurities came to the surface i don't know where it came from but i was like i'm a vessel i'm here to help others that's it as soon as i remember and i've got it written on my wall i'm not at home but i've got it written on my wall and and that's it in big letters that's that's it as soon as i read that let me get on with it no it fear. isn't about you. It, it's not about you. And that's why I say, like, I can show up for entrepreneurship all day because it isn't about me. It's about me. The gifts that have been bestowed upon me, somebody out there needs them. Yeah. So you're actually blocking that person from being able to do whatever it is because exactly. you don't want to share, yeah. you know? And, and it, it really is. I think once you remove that, it, it's a game changer. Game changer. It, it, it refocuses the energy while you focus on yourself and the fact that you're nervous, the fact that you're insecure, the fact that you're afraid. No one cares. It's not for but, you. It's but for who you. are you nervous for? Like people always say, oh, I'm so afraid to jump on a live. Are you? 
<laughs> These people don't know you from Adam. They yeah. don't care. If you yeah. don't brush your teeth today, they don't care. Like it's not that serious. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? It's a live. It's your phone at that. It's not it's in your house. <laughs> I see you being afraid of yourself. It's a process. It's a process. <laughs> you know what? I haven't because it's bigger than me. Yeah. Even if nobody, even today, if if I if I put my live on and nobody comes, I'm still going to talk because I've got something to say. Yeah. And it's valuable for other people, so you're going to give. That's it. it. Yeah. If every time we feel, feel like, and and that's why also as well, I so, I know you're kicking me off, but like <laughs> <laughs> I spend a lot of time going back through business to yeah. see how these people were able to create these major brands and things of that nature most of the time it's not because they knew more than any of us know now it's just no, no fear that's no it. fear that's it and, and like i said the main thing that i got from this and i think i want people to take away is the fact of so for me fear still can exist and i've read it in a yeah. similar space yeah. it's yeah. on my shoulder but i'm like you're there yeah all right cool I'm that's it that's yeah. it but it doesn't power you yeah, you have to get there because that never used to be it before. The fear was in front of me, stopping me. But now it's it exists, and I'm like, okay, sure, let me just make sure I look sweet, and then I just keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. You can't allow it to dictate how you operate. That that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go. I need to make a call. After yes. Thing, but it's been amazing talking. Thank to you me. for having me. I appreciate you, girl. It's alright, and everyone can find you. I mean, what is it? Instagram, your main place? Yeah, I am Remy Ray. Yeah? Yeah. Peace, people. Take care. Look after yourself. See ya. So what did you guys think? Did you love it as much as I did? I mean, I've had some feedback already from the IGTV Live we did um, and people who've caught up on the show there. I think Remy's great. I think she's a breath of fresh air. The things she cares about, the, the things she focuses her time and energy on, to me seems like it's all for the community and I think that's absolutely beautiful. You know, whether we're talking about the diverse creative CIC, helping people with learning disabilities, or her shit happens fund and how that started. You know, she's saying that she started it for herself, but actually bringing other people in, she saw how much it benefited them. So she's continued to do that over and over again um, and her coaching right now. I think she's amazing. Do check her out. Her, The link to her Instagram should be in the bio of this episode. Um, and yeah, keep keep being tuned in. Check out and, and look out for the next episodes where I interview the other seven women who are just as amazing. Um, until next time, peace. <laughs>